episode 546. Dale Comstock is on his way. So it's just uh, me and Don the Pleb. Obviously, we're always together because Don's locked in my basement. But this is Cobblecast Part 2. Friday, August 27th, 2021 at 2.33 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we finished Cobblecast Part 1 last time uh, with Don, myself, Dale, and Joe Teddy. And we finished it on like a lighthearted note. We were like, and if the situation devolves, we'll be back. And now it has devolved. And 12 or 13 Marines are dead. And it very much is shaping up to be, like, again, we said lighthearted in the first podcast... There's going to be a Black Hawk Down moment where the RPG hits the rotor. Is Don, does it feel like that's where we are? Uh, not yet, but we have the setup for it. Um, so I, I, I don't know how lighthearted at least I was when we were having this conversation last time because I was like, look, man, every every briefing that I have ever had, bad things are about to happen. Well, that, that's what I meant is we were just kind of like, we'll be back. Like, we're going to be... That's how I meant Lightheart. Obviously, it's... But it was... Uh, I, I don't know how this wasn't obvious. Uh, again, right? Um, but in, in the world of Black Hawk Down moments, I don't I don't want to showbiz, you know, Dale's future speech that may or may not be coming. But um, at around the point... That the Taliban controls a giant area, and there's there's you have no influence over it. This is what happens. Like a hundred percent of the time, this is what happens. And everyone should have known that. Everyone who has ever been to the Middle East did know that. Um, everyone who has been on a deployment spin-up knew that. Even if you didn't go. You just sat and listened to somebody go, okay, so if you're traveling through a Taliban area and uh, a whole bunch of people just suddenly disappear, there's no kids on the streets, there's, um, you know, the, the local nationals are, are just avoiding you for some reason, you're about to get hit. And yeah. the only people in that airport, people trying to flee the country, right? And everybody else knew, don't be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was coming. Yeah, Dale said that before. Where like he's been on, he's like, and you just notice he's like, all. I mean, it's almost like right, like Wild West, like saloon stuff. He's like, you just doors are shutting, yeah, and it's just it really is. They just know it. I mean, it's I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like a kind of like an extra sensory type thing where it's just it's here it is and it's right. And I think Tim Kennedy went over, right. The Green Beret, who's he's been on Rogan like a million times, practices what he preaches, just packed up and won over. And, uh, he did. Yeah. He had a, he had a picture of him uh, in the Kabul airport, I think, yesterday at 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, local time. Yeah. But, you know, the, to the to the Sixth Sense thing, it's not I, – I don't know if it's very Sixth Sense-like. The closest thing I can compare it to is you ever, like, walk into a, a room full of people who are talking and everyone just goes silent like man they were just talking shit about me (laughs) yeah 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 okay it's like that but it's a whole city okay and they like normally uh if you do patrols and stuff kids are coming out and they're harassing you for mres and they're you know uh they usually have about i don't know maybe six words they can say to you um you know stay on the side of the road they got you know hands out and all this other kind of stupid crap um and all of that is gone when something's going to happen 
Yeah. All of it. Um, it's piles of trash show up. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff over the years that has been like, this is consistent. This means bad things are going to happen. And a whole bunch of them started happening very quickly. But most importantly, when you are in enemy territory, you are going to get hit. That's it. And what we did is we made all of Afghanistan enemy territory, and that was pretty much that. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, you did say it at the, uh, yeah, I love the disconnect where you're like, I don't know what part of that was lighthearted, Tommy. And I'm like, remember when we were all <laughs> holding hands and laughing? It's like, this just shows how disconnected I am from reality. <laughs> it's like, remember when Dale was singing? It's like, Dale didn't, what do you, what? Dale, uh, but yeah, you you did say it. You're like, all the things, all the, like the warnings, all the, like the flashes, all the memos. You're like, all the, all the red lights are going off. The, me, the you know, in the cockpit, whoop, whoop, everything, pull up, pull up to rain. And it's just, everything's going on. Gas max are dropping. And it's like, do you think something's about to happen? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, get out the auxiliary. You know, they drop the little propeller. It's like, get out the auxiliary engines. And it's like, I don't think we're landing like normal. Like that's, that's what it's the guy I've had. a have had a guy on here before Brandon Fisher, who found this podcast through, I, I don't know what, but his friend is, uh, he's the one I sent you the pictures of. He's a, a Marine right now. He's deployed there. And, uh, he can only like communicate through Snapchat, so I've been like talking to him like on and off. And he's like, "Do you know who like?" He's like, "Do you know Tim Kennedy?" And I thought he was asking like to get him on the podcast. You know him personally? Well, because people ask me, they're like, "Tommy, you know who'd be a great podcast guest?" They're like Tom Brady, and I'm like, "I'd love to." I'd love. They're like, "You should get Obama," and I'm like, mm. "Fucking love to," but I can't. Like, yeah, this. Uh, let me. But, let me. Uh, no, but, but sorry, everybody. But sorry, he goes, "Do you know Tim Kennedy?" And I go, "No," and he goes. Oh, I was just with him. He was like teaching me tactics, and I was like, "That's that's how I found awesome. out Tim Kennedy was there." <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But to, to dear dear all of you viewers out there, uh, all, all of us are not a horrifically large podcast, by which I mean not Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, all these people you want us to talk to, we want to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't take our calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tommy, you should. One guy comment. So like, I posted that video of like Doctor Malone. And people were like, he didn't invent the mRNA. And I was like, yes, he did. And then I posted McCullough. And they're like, what what relevance does this have? And I was like, he's the most published cardiologist in world history. And someone goes, how come you haven't had on Fauci? And I was like, I'd love to. I'd fucking love to. So, yeah, you know, how come I don't have an inside man in Kabul right now? Well, I'd love to, but he's he's fighting. And several he's, of his he's friends. He's a little busy right now. He's a, he's a wee bit busy. And several of his friends were killed. And I was, he, he was like, hey, man, a couple of my friends just died. And I was like, noted, like, I'll, okay, you do, you, mm-hmm. but it's, it does seem to be devolving quicker into that. And, you know, it's, as I painfully do so, sure, let's play devil's advocate. He, let's do he, it. He, this is what I do. Biden didn't start this. Trump didn't start this. Obama didn't start this. Sure. All right. Just like COVID, he inherited it. Okay. But at the same time, there is this level of like, Back to George Washington, every subsequent president didn't start this. And it kind of becomes like a default where it's like, hey, yeah, no one did. And so it kind of cancels itself out. It's like what Eisenhower said talking to JFK at like Camp David. And he was like, he said only the tough kind of, it was kind of a new take on the buck stops here. He said only the difficult things get to you. If it can be solved, someone else is going to solve it so they can tell you that they solved it. Only the shit that can't be solved 
gets to you. And so there is a certain aspect of, no, you didn't start this. Sure, you didn't start COVID. You inherited it. I, I, I get that. I understand that. But there's also, you're in the Oval Office. The the buck stops there. And if and if your prerequisite or your, you know, asterisk is, why didn't start this? Well, then that might not be the job for you. That is the head honcho where you, Trump didn't start COVID, but hey, it's on your shoulders. It's now you. That's what well, the presidency is. Th- this is it, my my view specifically in this case is probably a dickheaded view because it always is. But if you go out to dinner and you come home and your front lawn's on fire and you do nothing, like you don't call the cops, you don't say, you know, you don't call the fire department, nothing. Uh, you're a douchebag and you probably deserve your house burning down because you just sat there and watched it happen. If you come home, you throw water on the lawn and, uh, you you know, you call the fire department. Well, look, you tried. If your house burns down, you at least were doing the right thing. Uh, you probably didn't really deserve that. You at least made the effort. If you come home and throw gasoline on the lawn, not only do you deserve to have your house burned down, I'm going to laugh at you while it happens. And that is the position we find ourselves in is no I didn't start the war. That's nice. Uh, I didn't start us uh, pulling out of Afghanistan. That's that's nice. You didn't. And you had the option to throw water on it, call the fire department, or throw gasoline on it. And you went, you know what? I, I think we have excess gasoline that needs to go on a lawn. And when you do that, you're the asshole. You just are. Yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> Mark Manson in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Because there's a difference between things being your fault and your responsibility. Um, and, you know, I can relate to that with losing a brother to suicide. That wasn't, I don't think it was my fault, but it is my responsibility. It happened to me. It didn't happen to anybody else. Mark Manson gives the example of you hear a knock at the door and you get there and there's there's somebody just left an infant on your doorstep. And he goes, you could feed it to a pit bull. I wouldn't recommend it. But he goes, he goes, he goes is it your fault? No, not at all. Is it your responsibility? He goes, even if it just means you call the cops and they bring it to child services, it is now your response. It's just what it is. It's on your lap. Here it is. Yeah. You didn't light your lawn on fire, but if you come home and you're, you do you go, well, I didn't do that. You go, oh, fuck, it's my house. Like you just, it's what it is. It's here it is. It, it's what it is, right? Truman didn't go. Imagine if Truman went, I didn't get us in a World War II. <laughs> like, It'd be like, <laughs> like, can you imagine if Truman said that? Like, I highly recommend not breathing monster. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's no, he took it and it was like, all right, you now have to nuke two cities of women and children. And he did. And for the better, but it's, it's how, how, how dare you? How dare you say that? I see. I, I think we should, I think we should nuke Hiroshima again. Just yes, in 2021. I mean, just to yeah, really right now, them, like yeah. What are we waiting on? Yeah, no, no. That's I, I'm a hardliner, right? I don't, I don't fuck around with this. I already made clear that I think we should annex Afghanistan. I said there's three options: annex it, nuke it, or withdraw. And seeing as how we're not doing two of those, then we just gotta <laughs> take it. But so I said all that to say, you know, Biden came out, and at first it do, it did kind of seem like he was like I. He said something like I bear the full responsibility, and I was like. He quite literally said the buck stops here. And I was like, good, good. And then he pivoted to how this is Trump's fault. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, dude, 
I mean, I get politics as a bunch of sleazy, slimy. Sure, I get that, and you're going for real. I get that. But at the same time, man, like, you got to just own it full stop. You're the head of the most powerful military force in world history, and you're getting gang-banged on the world stage right now. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of people have come out with their, their own little speeches about the subject and, you know, what they would have done, what they would have said, et cetera, or what they think about it. Uh, and Jocko Willings is good. Uh, it's, it is the speech that you're looking for there, right? Like it sort of comes down to, Hey, we just got butt fucked. Uh, and that's what it is. That shouldn't have happened, but it did. And here's what we're going to do to fix it. Yeah. And that, that's it. There, there's no whining. There's no equivocating. There's no bitching. There's, this is what happened. Uh, this is how we're going to deal with it. And if you are the people standing in our way, understand that deadly force is authorized to the point that I can get American civilians and those that are uh, allies out of Afghanistan. And I don't care what that takes. Mm-hmm. And had Biden come out and said that, much as I hate that douchebag, it would have been, you know, if he follows through with this, that's as good as we were going to do. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah, he screwed up. Yeah, he should have seen this coming. Yeah, uh, this is wrong in every way that we got here. Yeah, I'm still kind of pissed about that. But at least we're going to be moving forward in some real way. But instead, it was, oh, we're going to do something eventually, baby, because we uh, can. And I, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you, you just have, you have to wake up and, and own it for what it is. Again, I mean, like, you know. How come? How come Clinton wouldn't send in the the tanks or the AC one thirties to Somalia or to Mogadishu? And then, but eventually, it gets to the point where it's like, here's where we are, and you know, everyone has their plan. For versus, here's where we are. We have to use Malaysian APCs, and we're gonna have Admiral Howe come down and say we're gonna destroy all of Mogadishu, and we might even kill Durant by accident, but we will get him or his body. You, yeah, you have to wake up, and it's just clean slate. Yesterday, all yesterday is as changeable as ten thousand years ago. It's mm-hmm. the beginning of this podcast can't be undone. It's it's over. Where do we go from right here, and how do we move forward? And it's just exactly what it is, and that's all you can do. I didn't vote for Biden. I'm very open about how I don't like him, but there's a certain point where you just have you just have to own it. Yeah. Well, you you would think um, this is. I, I am very heavily partisan. I make no bones about this. Uh, I we gen- it doesn't gen- bleh, doesn't generally come up when we're talking. But um, Democrats don't get held accountable, right? There, there are there are two sources of responsibility in the United States: the Republicans and America. Uh, the Democrats have never done anything wrong. Just ask them; they'll tell you. And if you don't believe that, go go look at uh, go look back at how America was racist. America had the KKK. America opposed the Civil Rights Act. Uh, America uh, was was racist, sexist, bigoted, and homophobic, or whatever. And then go find out who was actually doing that at the time. You'll find out that it was the Democrats. Uh, and then go find out who got us into any war ever, regardless of whether or not it was a Democrat. They just wait for the next Republican to come along and go, it was him, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and this is how this game is played and has been played for a long time. And so 
as nice as it would be to think that a Democrat is going to stand on a stage and look at the last one who who stood on a stage and made excuses and what have you. As nice as it is to think they're going to stand on a stage and go, yeah, this is my responsibility. This is wrong. I would like to remind you that if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. I would like to remind you that uh, various border agents have been killed because somebody somewhere accidentally might have sold guns to Mexican cartels that then killed Border Patrol agents. I would like to remind you that there was an IRS that was targeting political opposition groups, which, by the way, even the suggestion that the, the literal next president was doing no evidence ever presented, but the suggestion that it was happening was treason, and oh my god, it's, uh, it's like the Soviet Union all over again, even though we knew the prior one was doing it. But all that one had to do was get up on TV and go, well, I just learned about it this morning when I was watching the news, man, I didn't know this was happening, and everybody just, <laughs> just sucked that shit right up. That's just how it goes. Uh, and so... Look, if you have, it, it's like kids that you don't discipline, right? Like, and you see these people, if you have gone to a public school ever, you know, uh, why'd you punch Timmy in the face? I didn't punch Timmy in the face. Okay, I might have punched Timmy in the face, but he deserved it, right? It's, it's the first thing that happens. They have no discipline. They never come back and, and have any accountability. And you have a political party that's been doing that for 200 years. The expectation they're going to show up and go, oh, the buck actually stops here. No, this is actually my fault. Like, I actually have to fix this. Uh, you're you're dreaming. It's not happening. It will never happen as long as things stay as they are. So what is going to happen? What is going to happen now as of 2.50 p.m. Friday, August 27th, 2021? Oh, here's the big man. <laughs> Good timing because that's the question for he, him to be here. He, he heard me. He heard me and jumped right in. Dale, sh there's Dale oh, driving. Dale car stream. Dale, please don't die. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Okay. All, right. All right, Dale. So I just asked, what is going to happen here moving forward in Kabul? What is the next? We've discussed everything about it. How it led up to this point. What is going to happen now? Are we going to send an overwhelming force, or is the hell just beginning? Um, well, I don't know how you're going to send an overwhelming force. We don't own anything, and uh, if we decide to do that, they're going to stop us before we ever land. You know, can you imagine? Can you imagine if they disable one aircraft on the runway, um, or landing, or taking off, um, or start putting holes in the in the runway with mortars? Um, what are you going to do? Essentially, those guys that are there now are in Fort Apache, man. Outnumbered, outgunned. Um, and, you know, if the, if the Taliban wanted to, they could easily... Um, can you still hear me? I got cut yeah. off a second. Yeah, I see yeah. phone call. Okay. Yeah, um, in my car, man. I gotta, had to change a tire. But, uh, yeah, they, those guys are... They're, I mean, they could really be screwed, man. If the Taliban wanted to uh, lay siege to that airbase... Ain't nobody getting in and nobody getting out, man. Um, I heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, but, um, you know, there's so many rumors flying around right now, but I heard the Taliban said, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll give you your Americas back, but for a, at a price, right? And they're asking for some, you know, crazy amount of millions of dollars of uh, essentially, you know, basically turning them into hostages now. So, uh, anyways, um, yeah, they're going to go good no matter what. If we ain't out by the 31st, I think they're going to say too late, too bad. 
And uh, it's going to get even uglier, man. I, I mean, I don't see how you get any better. The Taliban, they own this operation. They own everything, man. They've got us by the balls. No, they got Biden by the balls. Yeah, damn thing this imbecile can do, man. Absolutely nothing. Tell me, what can we do? We can't bring anything in there. Um, I actually think that at this point, if we tried, the Chinese and the Russians would go, hey, the Taliban is a sovereign government now, and uh, you're invading a sovereign country. Uh, we're going to help them out. Yes. We're, stuck. we're screwed, man. You know what? This, this guy, it's, it's just amazing that, you know, how can people think that this guy actually, there's actually people defending Biden saying, oh, he's doing a good job. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you freaking kidding me? Anyways, <laughs> um, I'll be trying to get my own guys out, man. I've, you know, my guys are over there. A lot of them reached out to me in desperation. And, uh, you know, and I've done everything I can possibly do. I'm trying to get them on manifest on different flights, looking through different groups to include uh, a group through, actually through Jakarta, through Australia to get them out. And uh, every day the window is getting smaller and smaller and they're having a harder time getting them to the uh, checkpoints. Um, you know, the, the Taliban control the checkpoints. And oh, now that, you know, Biden and, and, and his bumbling idiots, these, the guys in, you know, uh, you know there's all, all those advisors, military advisors, just handed over a list, a manifest, with all the, Amer- all the Americans and those that uh, should get free passage to come out. Well, Damn, man, he just gave up everybody's names, you know? And so, <laughs> so I, I have been fuck, waiting man? for you to get here to mention that because I, part of my job included knowing where American units were because, uh, you know, you don't want to drop artillery on American units. And I, I've talked a few times about there's a computer that artillery has, and part of my job is if we're getting overrun, not to pick up a rifle, but to pick up a grenade, slam it into that computer, close it, and stand over it until that grenade goes off. Because who the Americans are, where they are, all of the information about friendly units is more important than any one Marine's life. Right? That's the whole point of this, whether you like it or not. And by the way, if you don't, don't join the Marine Corps. That's how it goes. You should not, under any circumstance, be surrendering that information. And by the way, if you do, intentionally and willingly, you can be shot in a combat zone for doing it. (laughs) And that is just life if you're active duty or currently deployed or whatever. If, you know, the the Bo Bergdahl situation, that guy, uh, had it not become a big giant political football and Obama trying to save him, could have put a bullet in his forehead. Look, you provided aid and comfort to the enemy in a time of war. That's death. That's what that is. Yeah. And now we have that is actual policy coming straight out of the White House. It is mind blowing to me. So, yeah. so well, how do you think that was going to work out, man? You're going to you're going to hand a manifest over to our enemy. Going, hey, these are very important people to us. We need to get them out. Would you please, Mister Badman, give them free passage? Why, why would they even want to do that? I mean, what? What are we going to do if they don't do that? We can't do anything. We we just spent 20 years spending a bazillion freaking dollars trying to oust the Taliban just to let them come back in. What in the hell? You know? <laughs> this pisses me off. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, I was going bring this up to you earlier, Tom, on another podcast. But, you know, this reminds me of Mogadishu. I remember the morning of October 4th, you know, third, fourth, you know, the big firefight. And, uh, you know, well over 17 Americans were killed, 77 were, were wounded. 
and uh, we're looking for a deed. We're trying to recover, you know, our dead and wounded. And uh, I remember one morning, a very early morning, like 0600, we had a formation on front of the hangar. And at the time, Colonel Garrison, the Delta Force operator, uh, Delta Force commander came out and he started off with, uh, gentlemen, war is nothing more than an extension of politics. And today I have some bad news. And basically what he said was, to paraphrase, Bill Clinton has ordered us to return to the United States and basically abandon the operation. And I'm like, so you're telling me that we have a whole lot of dead men and wounded men that came over here and our commander in chief doesn't have the balls to continue the mission to do exactly what we are expected to do is continue to continue the mission. This guy is okay with him just to give up and have sacrificed lives and limbs because we got a bloody nose. When every operator out there stand out there was ready to go full forward, full throttle, and get the job done. If it cost every one of us our lives, we were prepared to do that. And our commander-in-chief, who didn't have the same resolve of the men that he's supposed to be leading, um, pulled the plug on the operation. So we've got dead men, wounded men for life, um, because for nothing, right? And so I can go all the way back to Desert Storm. So I remember, you know, without getting into too many details, I was inside of Iraq, 250 miles, three weeks before the ground war ever started. And I remember one morning we got the word, good news and bad news, man. Um, the bad news, the war's over. Good news is we're pulling out today. And we're all looking at you like, what do you mean the war's over? It's only been like two days. And, uh, and, and basically I looked at my team. I said, I said, gentlemen, I said, this war is not over. Um, I said, the day will come when you and I will come back. And if we don't come back, our sons will come back to finish this war. And damned if I wasn't right. Um, guess what? I went back and fought it again, and my son went back. And guess what? We, we're no better off, man. And you know, now we have ISIS, and, that, and the war has really, you know, really has spread regionally from Iraq to Syria, now all the way to Afghanistan. And here we are again, you know, fighting the same remnants, the same assholes that uh, we were fighting a long time ago. It just, and, I, and I've been putting this out. I think I said this last time on the show. I basically am telling every young man out there to think about joining the military, don't fucking do it. Do not fight for the United States government because it's not a U.S. government. It's a fucking socialist, Marxist, fucking regime, okay, that will get you killed to, to basically promote their political agenda, and nobody will give two rats' asses about you. Nobody. If they want to fight the war, let the Democrats send their kids, let the politicians send their daughters, man. You go handle it. Let the rest of us keep our kids here because you know what? I'm tired of seeing my friends and people die for nothing, man. It's stupid. It's just outright stupid. And here we go again, man. We got, you know, what do we lose now? 11 Marines and a corpsman, you know? Why? Yeah. Because the commander-in-chief, first of all, is not, is not fucking smart enough to be the commander-in-chief. He made some bad strategic decisions. Okay, not only did he make them, but his staff made him, okay? Even if they may have advised him differently, you know what? They should have put their foot down or they should have fucking handed in the resignation, walked off the job when they had the chance. But they didn't. They stood by his side and supported him. And so they're all culpable, man. All of them have blood on their hands. All of them are responsible for the murder. The murder of American men, of American young men, Marines, you know? And it's just fucking shameful. How long are we going to keep doing this before... Those, you know, that feel this way, stop, stand up, and say, no fucking more. We're done. It's not going to happen no more. You guys are out of here. We're fucking going to, we got to start over. Fucking reset. 
No, we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and, and, and they just keep manipulating us. You know what's funny, too, is every time you bring up the topic, every time you bring up the fucking topic, this guy just about ran my, hit in the back of my car, little asshole. Um, <laughs> how, how dare he, man? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm driving my car. Normally, I don't do this, but... Uh, let me, let me just say it for you. Do you know who Dale is? Yeah, Jesus Christ. This is about to turn into a live leak. <laughs> I know, right? I'm about to run him down and pull him off his car and freak him off the bridge here. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyways, uh, I'm done with my rants. You guys are so Mike. <laughs> on, on, that, on that front, the, uh, you know, the don't, don't enlist. One, uh, you know, I, I know we've talked before. Guys come to me and they're thinking about enlisting and what have you. But a new thing has started happening just since we talked last, which is guys who are years in, like a lot of years in, have started started getting a hold of me and being like, look, man, I don't know if I want to finish this. Uh, my, my enlistment is almost up. It's up right now. I'm debating putting in a package to re-enlist, and I don't think I want to do it. I don't think I want to stay. And some of these guys are 16 years in are you know they're far in they're an enlistment away from retirement but look if you're gonna take me and drop me in the middle of afghanistan and just throw me into a meat grinder with no support of any variety and wait for the taliban to send you know or send or let as the excuses become suicide bombers to just blow me up then look your pension's nice i, I love what i do i love the work but i don't i don't need to be turned into pink mist because you people suck no yeah you know, it's part of the job. It's part of the risk. Marines die. That's what we're here for. All well and good. But I'm not just going to die for nothing. Uh, and it's, again, lifers who are getting a hold of me and saying this. They're like, you know what? Yeah. I'll figure something out in the civilian world. To hell with this. That That is yeah. not a sustainable military. No way. No. <clears throat> well, you know what? Years ago, so it was funny because... Um, Alan West, right? So a little backstory. I met Alan West in Los Angeles at a hotel one day. I was out there filming on Discovery Channel one morning and I uh, walked down to uh, the lobby to go to breakfast. And I saw Alan West in the lobby. He was waiting for his limo to pick him up to go take him to his, uh, his recording studio where he was doing his, um, you know, his, 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 uh, his show. And uh, I stopped, I looked at him and I said, hey, good morning, sir. Um, I said, by the way, I really hope you run for president. If you do, I got your back. So that was my conversation started with it. He laughed, you know, and got up. And I got to know him real well. I was on his show. Um, he actually did a special about me, my daughter, my father, my son. All of us are veterans. And then uh, and then a while back, later on, he brought me up to D.C. to do another show. And he said, listen, I want to bring you up here to talk about um, women in combat arms. And uh, would you be willing to do that? I said, of course. So I went up there and, and basically... Um, you know, I, I, I said, look, I said, here's, here's what I think is going on, right? First of all, we don't need women in combat arms. The men can do it, right? Why, why subject people's daughters to this? It's, you know, this is not, you know, combat is not a game, man. When you see people dying and screaming and bleeding, you know, and the horrors that go with that, that's certainly something you don't want to subject women to, you know, and it's our culture, man, to protect women. And, uh, and I don't care if, you th if they think they can do the job. It's not necessary. Just like it's not necessary for me to, you know, to be a part of the beauty pageant, you know. Not that I, I'll probably win. Actually, I'm pretty good looking. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, you know, look, it's just the, the way things are, man. And, and so I told him, I said, here's what I think the agenda is. I said, the agenda is this. 
This is the left wing trying to infuse, okay, if you think about it, combat arms, infantry, rangers, green berets, delta shield, like the guys that are in it, 99.99% of them are conservative. They believe in the Constitution. They're all American guys, boys, you know, men. And uh, not so much so for the rest of the military, right? You have a lot of Democrats that do a lot of support stuff, you know, flipping hamburgers, paperwork, whatever, right? Um, but the, the war fighters, the pipe hitters, man, tend to be overwhelmingly conservatives. And, and these would be the guys you would call on to, to basically turn guns on American citizens at the time ever came, when it was needed. And would they do it? Absolutely not, um, because they're not going to do that, right? But if you can infuse those ranks with liberal mindset, liberal dogma, you bring it in with, you know, transgenders, you know, and all this other stuff, people that tend to be liberal, um, now you have a situation where, you know, you have an infantry squad or telling a squad to attack that, that, that bunker, and suddenly it turns into a debate, and maybe we should send a memo first, ask the bad man to just give his guns up, why fight today? Let's let's go home and think about it tonight and come back tomorrow. You know, and suddenly the mission freaking vaporizes. And that's kind of what I think is going to happen, where this was going. And it's starting to happen already. In fact, it's one of the reasons I got out when I retired. Um, I mean, I, I won't go into the whole story what happened there. But basically, I had an issue with a female who didn't like the idea that I had a private doing push-ups because he was carrying his private, because he was carrying his M16 in a privately owned vehicle, which we all know. You don't do it's you know it's you see a big violation and so i thought at least i could make him do some push-ups and while he's doing that he could think about the mistake he made rather than just giving him article 15. man that turned into a major shit show and so you know this whole military has changed it's going way swinging way left and uh and that's my that's my theory that this is basically an attempt to water down the military and and basically it's now showing it's rearing its ugly head. And it's another reason I pulled out in 2011. Um, I walked away from what I was doing over there because I actually watched, and I think I mentioned this before on another show. If I didn't, I'll have to, I'll have to add it on one of the shows. Well, I watched an infantry platoon sitting down under shade with a low bearing equipment off while 500 yards to the front was an MRAP that had been hit by an RPG and had American casualties taking direct fire. And not one of these guys would go out and help, help, their, uh, help their fellow soldiers. And their, and their explanation was because it was too hot. Not because it was too hot out there, too many bullets. It was like too much sunshine, goddamn. It's too hot. You think I'm going to go out there and sweat? No shit. That actually happened. We sent our Afghans out to recover American bodies and bring them back and triage them. Um, this is what we have cultivated in this country. Um, and that's a fact and fact, man. And it disgusts me. And it disgusts me when people try to defend that and think that that's okay. Bullshit. Um, you know why? Because we all got skin in this game. I got kids. You guys have kids. I got grandkids. You know what? And I don't want them subjected to this, this this way of thinking in America that is not good for us and certainly not good for freedom. See, the, I had a real similar problem. I got out right around the same time uh, when to the to that M16 and a POV thing, right? Uh, you, when I got in to the Marine Corps, paperwork was kind of not a thing, um, unless you did something ridiculous in front of an officer and there was just simply no way to get around right but if you got caught by an nco doing something stupid you were gonna do something stupid for damn sure uh you know uh okay you you left your rifle somewhere get the 550 cord right and that thing is going to be strapped to your face so you can't lose it right something ridiculous uh you know take take your rifle and uh, hold it over your head and just run right until your arms fall off 
Uh, and see how important it is to carry this thing. Bet you don't want to carry it like that anymore. Uh, you know, uh, notoriously, someone left an e-tool in a position, and I dug for two straight weeks. Two straight. I, I didn't even leave the e-tool, and I dug for two straight weeks. Right? You know, <laughs> see, these things are important. Bet, it, bet you didn't want to dig with a spoon, did you? No, it turns out I didn't. And by the time I got out, uh, I, I had a guy who supposedly didn't know what a ranger grave was. And I went to go have him dig one. And I got told, that's hazing. You can't do that. Uh, there, and I, he was supposed to be deploying. And I said, you know, it turns out these things actually save your life. <laughs> like, when, when you're getting blown up, it helps a lot to be underground. Like, increases your survival rate by 90%. How is this hazing? And they went, well... It just is. I said, I, I'm not going to stay here for this. This is wrong in every way imaginable. This is wrong, and I'm not doing it. Uh, and it was, you know, guys that you know, lose a piece of gear or something. And, it, you know, oh, well, what you need to do is you need to page 11 them. Why would I page 11 this guy? Young, young guys in the military lose shit. It's happened since the beginning of time. And you make them do something dumb. And you know what they're doing? In 10 years, they're sitting on a podcast somewhere. They're sitting at a bar drinking with their friends. And they go, yeah, man, uh, I lost uh, I lost a PEG-15 off my rifle back in uh, 2006. And you know what? Uh, I, I had that thing uh, super glued to my NVG mount, so I couldn't see anything but a PEG-15 <laughs> like two days. And you know what? Uh, I never lost a piece of gear again. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what, and it applies. That you know what, and there, there's there's real um, there's real meaning behind that. I had a scenario one night in a firefight where I looked over and my Afghans, my one of my Afghans was not wearing his night vision goggles. And I was like, how can you see the enemy if you're not wearing your goggles? And I and I kept correcting him, telling him, put his flip his denies down, flip the denies down, flip He flipped them down, went back over, he flipped them back up. It's like back, back and forth. Finally, I said, okay, I told my interpreter, I said, get that guy's name. Um, and tell him if he doesn't, if I catch him one more time tonight without the nods up, I'm going to take his helmet, take his nods, take his weapon, take his gear, and I'm just going to leave him here. Um, he's fired out here in the field in the firefight. I'll do that. And so the next morning I found him. I found his squad leader and his team leader, all three of these guys. I had a big pile of sand out there. I said, everybody go get your helmets with your night vision goggles on. I said, put your goggles down, even though it's daytime. And I said, get your shovels out and start filling sandbags all day long with your night vision goggles and your helmet on in the blazing heat. And, you know, and they sat out there and everybody watched and laughed at them. I was like, you know what? You know what? At least everybody gets to, to watch and laugh at you today. And we're not actually digging a hole and burying your sorry ass because you didn't get killed last night or you didn't get somebody else killed, you know? These are lessons, man. These are, these are important lessons. And guess what? Sitting down and counseling the guy, listen, don't ever do that again, sir, because you know what? If you could do it, that's bullshit. It doesn't work, especially when you're talking about people that actually don't even have an education and their culture is so different. Okay? They believe in getting whooped. They're, they believe in being punished physically. I mean, and they do it themselves, you know? And and we just, we always want to be nice to the bad man because if we're nice to the bad man, the bad man will get to us. Bullshit. Total bullshit, man. You got to do what you got to do to save lives. Sometimes, you know, it's tough love. I do it to my kids. My kids, man, when they growing up, if my son and my daughter got in an argument, I said, come on, out in the garage, put the gloves on, get on the mat, and work it out. And they go out and kick each other's ass, right? I said, there you go. Now, you know, not only did you, you bond a little bit more, you got a good workout in, you learn how to fight, and, uh, you know, and problem solved. You know, happy, everybody's happy, you know? Um, that's tough love. Now, of course, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, we're going to report him to DCF. You know, well, by the way, my kids are adults starting in their 30s, so good luck with that. 
<laughs> so well, that that's that's another thing uh, in, in the world of hazing, right? So I, I think everybody, to some degree or another, has gotten some crap about what you do with your rifle if you were in the military. It's just the nature of moving from being a civilian to being in the military, right? You're you're holding it wrong. You're you know you got too far away from it. Something back when you were in the E1, E2 vicinity. This happened to basically everybody. And either you figure it out really early on uh, and you go like, okay, I'll never be more than an arm's length away from my rifle. That's life. Or you end up, once upon a time anyhow, the guy who is out there digging four graves, handcrafting a gravestone out of whatever's around it, uh, you know, taking your boots off, putting your, uh, you know, putting them down at the top of the, the the grave that says, you know, this is the space for me and my fire team because I can't keep track of my rifle, right? And that might sound harsh to you, but I would rather every private in the world dig four graves for the fire team that he's going to lose because he didn't carry his rifle somewhere in training than actually be digging four graves for four guys who died because that motherfucker did it in combat. Every day of the week. It's forever. Jesus. It's uh, so a deviation from Cobblecast. So you, you know how I've had on before uh, uh, Dr. Peter McCall, the most published cardiologist in world history, <laughs> yes. right? And he told me he treated his dad who had COVID. His dad was like 88 and survived, and he just treated him with some vitamins, just four vitamins that you can buy at like Walmart, mm-hmm. vitamin D, zinc, curcetin, and curcumin. Mm-hmm. And he told me he was like, just you know, tell your listeners about that. Not not even don't get the vax, nothing. So I was like, all right. So I made like a post about it on my YouTube channel. And I said, from Dr. McCullough, and I put the links. And I realized today it was shadow banned. It just, so it just said, from Dr. McCullough with nothing. So I was like, motherfucker. So I made a video this morning. And I said, hey, Dr. McCullough said to take these. I said explicitly, I go, this is nothing about the vaccine. If you want the vaccine, go get it. I don't care. This, I, I don't care. Just take these vitamins. Take care of yourself. I got an email just now when I was going to piss from YouTube saying that that uh, that was the last straw. We have permanently removed you from YouTube. So now times. So now my channel has gotten officially nuked. I can't respond to them. I can't appeal it because I have been suspended from Google services for recommending to go take vitamins. And really, how dare you tell people to take vitamins? You bastard! You know, you know what? You know what, Tom? <laughs> this is not about. It's not about violating. No, you know, I, I know. Kind of rule. I, I got. I got banned from you um, from Facebook yesterday. Ready for this? For a post. <laughs> for a post that I put up five and a half years ago. That, but it was a news article where Obama basically was putting the Marine Corps out there, and I called bullshit. And they actually, they actually banned me for that yesterday for seven days. For a post going back five and a half years, that's how far they had to dig to find something on me. That's that's the agenda. It's not about yeah, it's, freedom of speech. Yeah. It's it, they're targeting they're targeting conservatives, man. Hands down, they're targeting conservatives. It doesn't matter what you say, or what you do anymore. Um, and I will tell you, man, I wish these people had the balls, the Facebook checkers, to put their name out to tell us who you are. And what makes you so qualified? Let us know who you are. They won't do it because they're cowards. They're all cowards. They're all liars. They're all hiding. Okay? They're all full of shit. Because they know when the balloon goes up, and guess what? We're like we're like that far away right now from total, total all-out freaking revolution. Um, 
a lot of people are going to be held to account. They're going to be held to account. I, I, I believe that. I believe people are going to be hunted down and going to be fucking slaughtered for their stupidity, for what they have done. You know, it's just, and I, I'm sick of it, man. You know, and I'm, it's not just me, man. There's a lot of people, you know, that think just like me, just had enough. And they're looking and waiting for that chance to come back and lash back out and, and, and bring some bring some hard justice, man, which is needed. These liberals have lost their ever-loving mind, man. Ever-loving mind. You know, <laughs> a, a combination of that subject and one we were talking about earlier. Did you see the broad staff sergeant that was like, if martial law is declared, yeah, I'm going to be yeah. coming for you. Oh, that, that yeah. fucking dyke. Yeah. 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 Well, she just got a bullseye on her forehead. Yeah. Right. I was like, this this is not the smartest move you've ever made. You I, I, I already yeah. saw a post on some other websites where people are like, here's the official like reporting channel to uh, report to like the whatever the intern general or inspector general of whatever yeah and, man you know what and, 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 and you know what by the way i i believe it's a it's a ucmj violation to do oh, that in uniform oh right? it is definitely yeah that, that's that's a, uh, exactly that kind of bullshit i'm seeing a lot of it these assholes are on here in fucking uniform all right giving their opinions they're way out of line that's that's them becoming of a soldier first of all Oh yeah, um, and I know, I know that's an Article 15 violation right there. Easily, man. That needs Definitely. to take that bitch and kick her out of the army with a dishonorable discharge. But they won't because you know what? The left is in charge. She's, she's saying she's saying the right things, right? She's yeah, she's exactly. The, the political group that agrees with her yeah. is in power. They will not hold yeah. her accountable at all. Do you think yep. it was intentional? Do you think she's trying to get discharged? No, uh, no. She's just a fucking area. She's a she's a typical fucking loon. Okay, yeah. a liberal loon in the military. This is what I was talking about, the Alan West. I said, this is what I, this is the problem. When you get knuckleheads like this in the military, they start to dilute, okay? They start to dilute patriotism. They start diluting the mission. They start diluting everybody's, you know, uh, ob objectivism, you know, as far as combat, you know? Suddenly it becomes a subjective matter, you know? Um, and it becomes an opinion. It starts becoming a debate. Before you know it, you're combat ineffective, totally combat ineffective, totally. So this is this is a really ridiculously small point, I'm sure, to most people. But if you have met Marines, you know this is this is a thing that we all get pissed off about because we're fucking weirdos. Uh, I, I was standing in some bullshit award ceremony formation for something at some point, and this uh, this this broad comes out. She's you know she's got a paper. She's doing her drill moves and. Uh, she, uh, she starts reading the citation. She's got a sergeant major behind him, which will be important in a minute. And she says, uh, the Marine Corps recognizes <laughs> and the entire formation, everybody's, oh. <laughs> sergeant major behind her. Sergeant major behind her goes, Corps. It's the Marine Corps. <laughs> kind of stutters and freezes up and she goes back to reading, gets a few more lines down. The Marine Corps and this motherfucker, this sergeant major behind it's a goddamn Marine Corps! <laughs> <laughs> and this, this broad was like E6. How did you make it to E6 without well, being able to know that it's the Marine Corps, not the Marine Corps? Because she learned it from Obama, remember? Obama said that. Coleman. Yes! <laughs> yes, exactly. And this is, you know, and every, everybody everywhere is, oh, that idiot. Right. But for anyone who does combat things, uh, and in the Marine Corps, I'm sorry, the Marine Corps, uh, is, it's, called is the Mar very, it's called the Marine Corps. 
Indeed. <laughs> and the green bar- and the green barrets. Exactly. <laughs> but everybody who does either combat things or the Marine Corps, just because it's the Marine Corps, is giant on attention to detail. Giant, right? Because it's it's little things that save your life all the time, right? You know, it, it's not. There's not usually a guy standing at the end of the road being like, hey, we're, we're about to start killing you. And to the earlier discussion in this, you know, uh, hey, look, the, you know, there's kids that are normally there that aren't there. There's piles of trash that are there that normally aren't there, et cetera, et cetera. It's always something small. Hey, there's a glint in the road. Uh, that might be wire. And that's the thing that detonates the ID that's going to kill you and all of your friends. And if you're not paying attention to these things, you die. And so everybody, everywhere, you, you cleaned your weapon, you left some carbon on it, you filled out a form and you filled it out wrong. Hey, what, what, no attention to detail, devil dog? I can't even imagine how many times I heard that phrase, right? Just for everything. You can't tie your boots. What, you got no attention to detail? You can't even manage to put on a fucking uniform, right? You can get people killed. Everything in the world that is attention to detail gets equated to death. Why? Because when people are shooting at you, it's the little stuff that saves your life. Hey, there's nobody over there. Uh, and over there has some cover. But it's very easy to focus on all the bullets coming this way. If you can't pay attention to the little detail that is the rock over there, you're going to die. It's important. And we can't even manage to get people to pronounce the name of the goddamn branch they're in. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We're done, man. We are so fucked <laughs> as a country. We're done, man. Uh, the, the only thing I think it would give us a maybe save us, maybe save us, is we flip the house next year. Um, that might be the, the road to redemption. But outside of that, dude, we are so screwed. And uh, you know what? I'm going to keep saying I've just had enough. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. I blame the Democrats. Every one of you, you voted for this guy in office. You voted, you voted for this situation over the years. You have supported all this garbage that has put us all in peril, has put our freedom in peril. You are culpable. Don't tell me, well, I didn't vote for that part. Now, you know, like I said before, it's like being in the cake. It's like supporting the KKK and say, well, I really don't support lynching, but I support the KKK. You can't have it both ways. You're either all in or all out. If you voted for Biden, if you're a Democrat, this is the blood's on your hand. Those dead men over there right now, you can you can also take uh, credit for that. You you created that. You facilitated that with your stupid ass vote. Okay, no one better. How? I mean, I'm just going to get a little political for a second. How can you vote for a party, man? That first of all was the party of slavery. Two, I mean, every aspect of it. You know, Jim Crow laws. Every part of it is is, is attributable to to the Democratic. In fact. During the, during the slave years, guess who was in charge? Democrats. All right. So we can start with that. We can talk about the millions and millions of babies that are being aborted every year. And some of them are allowed to die alive. Okay. Just allowed to fucking die. Okay. Again, this makes you murderers by proxy. I can go on all day long about the fucked up shit Democrats fucking sign up for. You know, letting fucking hundreds of thousands, probably millions of illegal aliens in our country with, with a virus unchecked. We're driving them all over the country and we're planting them like fucking seeds everywhere in every fucking city and letting them go. Yet, we're not bringing the Cubans over there trying to flee communism. And guess what? We dropped the ball on evacuating Afghans, who, by the way, deserve to be here more than any illegal alien. Any fucking Mexican comes here and crosses the border is a fucking criminal. At least the Afghans have sacrificed on our behalf. I've got dead soldiers right now, literally dead soldiers, okay, have been killed, have been hunted down and killed because they were fighting with, with the military, the U.S. government. They're dead now. 
and their families are being wiped out, their brothers are being wiped out, their fathers, their uncles, their entire freaking lineage is being fucking erased. Okay, those people deserve to be here more than anybody from Mexico or South America, where the fuck they're coming from, coming across our borders illegally. If I if I had to give somebody a free education and all these free benefits were given to all these other criminals, I would rather give it to the Afghans who actually earned it. You know, but we're not doing nothing for them. We're bringing them over. As, we're do, but how can you fucking say we? You know, we we can't. We don't have the capacity to fucking carry all these people, and get them out. Hell, we can fucking move the 82nd Airborne Division 15,000 paratrooper in a matter of fucking hours, okay? Anywhere around the goddamn world. And we got fucking lots of fucking heavy lift aircraft. What do you mean you can't get these people out, you know? Bullshit. This is, this is a thing that I think we can only, well, we, uh, politicians can only sell to America because no one has any idea what the capabilities of the U.S. military are. Just no clue, right? Um you know, the, if you've been there, if you've seen, and you don't even have to see all of it or even a majority, just when the military wants something to happen, it happens, right? It, it might go kind of bad. It might go kind of sideways, but guess what? It happens. And you, this is the kind of thing that irritates people while they're in all the time because you hear all the time, oh, we can't do that. Like, motherfucker, you could do that if you felt like it. <laughs> we know, all right? Uh, and so... When when you see idiots who are out there like, well, there's just no way for us to get uh, people out of Afghanistan. Like, well, we could get a battalion there in a matter of hours, right? There, there are troops all over the damn place. We could land a battalion of guys with support in a matter of hours. Uh, we could get a division there in a day or two. We could get multiple divisions there by the end of the week. If we wanted to, this would happen. We just simply have no will to do it. And when you say, I can't, what every single person who has any idea what U.S. military capabilities are hears is, uh, so you just don't want to. You, you find the situation okay as it is. And there are all kinds of people who like to say dumb shit like well blue guys in black pajamas just kicked the u.s military's ass for the past like 75 years did they though because you know in every military engagement that went pretty bad for the guys in black pajamas they did pretty well in political engagements i'll grant you that but when it came down to where meat met metal the black pajamas were not doing so good <laughs> it's just yeah you know i've always said man you know the the, the enemy's smart they know that all they've got to do is kill one or two Americans and makes the fucking news, you know, and we lose our shit. No, the public loses their shit. But they're willing to sacrifice 50, 100, 200 freaking fighters. To them, it's cannon fodder, right? They're willing those, to lose those odds. To them, losing 200 guys like us, losing one guy, right? So no big fucking deal because they're going to go to Allah. They're going to get 70 something virgins, you know, and, and life is good. Their whole mindset's different from ours. But they know, they know if they can kill a couple Americans, get it on the news. That's going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of, give them a lot of political credit, man. Um, you know, because they know the mindset. Just we don't have the stomach. No, the American um, public doesn't have the stomach. Not the soldiers. The public doesn't have the stomach because 
They sit in their fucking nice, you know, nice secure homes, air conditioning, heat, watching television on their fucking soft couch, you know, and uh, and most of them have never been in a fucking street fight in their whole goddamn life, you know. The worst thing that's ever happened to them is maybe fell down two two stairs, you know, um, carrying some fucking groceries, you know, and that's their fucking combat experience, you know. They they have no idea what the real world looks like, and so they can only imagine what they see on television, and uh, it's scary shit for them, you know. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, combat is scary, but um, you know they don't have the willpower to, to to support it because you know it's they they think they're they think they're heroes by being social justice warriors, you know. And actually, like I'll, I'll even go back to the whole McCain thing, you know, when McCain said interrogations uh, don't work, um, you know, blah blah blah, you know. And of course, it came out with that policy: you cannot, you know, arrest people you um you know can't take prisoner of war you can't interrogate them their personnel under control you can interview them for three days and you have to release them with all their ieds and their weapons and shit you know fucking they knew that the the, the freaking bad guys knew that man well, they, they understood what that meant for them and when we go out and if we arrested or detained a guy okay um Luckily for him, he didn't get killed in the fight somehow, but he managed to escape. He threw his hands up, and we didn't shoot him because we don't want to get reported for murder. Um, you know, the first question out of their mouth was, are you arresting me as a terrorist or a criminal? They were hoping to God you said you were arresting him as a terrorist because they knew how that was going to play out. Three days, detention, interviews, no violence. They're going to get, they're going to get you know, three hots in the cot, and in three days, they're going to get out, go out the front gate with all their fucking war fighting shit again and get to do it again. But if the guy arrested as a criminal... We would hand them over to the uh, the ANP, the Afghan National Police, and others, and they knew this was not going to work out for them. They're going to get treated badly. They're going to end up in some fucking dungeon somewhere for the rest of their life, never be never be seen again. So they were happy, you know. And so we assume that you know they they're not that fucking smart. Actually, they're pretty goddamn smart when you think about it. We were talking yesterday to some people, and they were like, you know, well, they got all this, you know. Heavy weapons, blah, blah, blah. They got this, they got mortars, they got helicopters, and uh, what are they going to do with it? I was like, you'd be surprised. I had a mortar crew that was Afghan for 18 months, and these guys were as good as any American mortar crew. Fucking, they could run that whiz wheel. They could fucking call in direct fire all day long, you know? And these were, guys, these were goat herders, man, fucking farmers with sandals, and they could do it. So, yeah, they can learn this shit. They can fly a fucking helicopter. They can figure it out, just like, you know, we can do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we were we, talking we, about the, uh, the the mortar crew thing last time. And and when I was in Afghanistan, there was a thing that, by the way, if you talk to most mortar crews, it's basically impossible. Uh, or at least this was the assumption for a bunch of years. But there was a thing uh, where what they were doing, and it was it was either the Taliban or ISIS, but it doesn't matter. It, you know, it's the same uh, list of knowledge, is they would bury a uh, a big block in the ground. And on that block would be a bunch of graduations, and that is so that you can aim a mortar to. And a little bit out in front of that, they'd plant just a stick or a piece of rebar or something, just a little something in the ground, and that was your aiming stick. And they'd walk over on the first day, they'd set a mortar tube on it, they'd shoot, they'd pick up the mortar tube, and they'd leave, right? Spotter would stay, and he'd watch where the mortar landed. And they'd come back the next day, and they'd drop one mortar, and they'd watch where that landed. And that was corrected off the first mortar. And they would bracket you. And for anybody who doesn't know, bracketing is you shoot long, you shoot short, then you know where the target is. And over the course of two or three days, they would drop enough mortars that they could figure out how to get mortars on time on target, right? Because they measure time of flight. And all of a sudden, 
four or five days after the first mortar lands, you've got a wild attack going with accurate indirect fire because these guys know, okay, I walk back over to my rock in the ground, I aim this bitch right here, and then I just drop mortars like it's cool, and after that, the small arms fire starts. If you think guys that are doing that have no idea what they're doing, you have no clue how combat works. Literally, no. that is amazing. And you know, they used to be respected. Right. That's insane. They, they, they used to take 107 rockets, man, and literally lay them on the ground, brace them with rocks, elevate them with rocks, hook them up to a fucking battery and a timer, and they fucking leave. And mm-hmm. this thing was launched, and fucking, they were fucking accurate. They were hitting the fucking base. And yep. then we would return fire, and there was nobody there to fucking kill. Yeah. And then they were literally laying the rocks, these rockets, on a, on rocks, man, on fucking just shit to improvise and kind of like angling and eyeballing it and fucking sitting on a battery and walking away yeah same same premise there was a there was a time where they'd set up a mortar tube uh impromptu mortar tube mind you you know just a big piece of steel pipe and they put a giant ice block in it put a mortar on top and they just leave you know it's 120 degrees out there that bitch is going to melt max half an hour but in a half an hour they're miles away and somewhere or another uh, the Marine Corps got a hold of some video of guys putting it up and they set the mortar on top of the ice block and they turn around and walk away. And, you know, they, they time lapse the rest of it. So over the course of 30 seconds or so, you see the water pouring out and the mortar goes off. And about a minute later, the artillery rounds hit, right? And guaranteed, this was, you know, Taliban ISIS video. And what, what are they doing there? They're measuring the time it takes you to return fire. So they know how long they can be there. Why would you do that? Oh, uh, it takes a full minute for them to do that. How long does it take us to get out of here? It takes us uh, five minutes. Okay, so we can't drop multiple rounds. Well, let's go do this again in a slightly different place because it might take them longer to get the rounds out here. So maybe we can drop two rounds and then leave, right? It, they're fucking good at this. <laughs> do not disrespect them. You know, they... Uh, by all means, hate them. They're pieces of shit. They're horrible people. But respect your enemy enough to know that he can kill you. Because he can. And he will. Yeah, absolutely, man. Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It's, it's, I mean, the Second Amendment makes so much sense. Like, (laughs) I mean, really, yeah. I mean, how do you fight that? You can't, you really can't you really can't beat guerrilla warfare without like a thermonuclear airburst. Well, I mean, well, I... Think, about, think about this, Tom. So I think I brought it up last time. But I'm gonna, so let's look at it from a macro perspective. So China, right? China has been positioning themselves for a long time, man, to, be the, to dominate the world, basically, you know, on, in, every, in every area. But right now they're making, they've been making moves for some time in the South China Sea, um, around Taiwan. Um, you know, they've been posturing and posing, uh, you know, uh, posturing themselves and they've even come out and said, you know what, Taiwan, you're, you're next, man. We're going to, we're going to get you and a damn thing Americans can do to help you because look what they're, how they f- screwed this up in Afghanistan, how they screwed this up all around the world every time they go in since World War II. And so if anybody thinks they're just going to take Taiwan back, okay, well, that's enough. Hell no. They're, they're already making moves. You know, they're in Manila. They're, and, and I mean, in the Philippines, they're in Indonesia. Um, they're all up and down the Malacca Straits, okay? They're, they're, they're setting up, they're building man-made um, islands and, and uh, areas to launch from. And guess what? Here's one, here's what, if I was there, who, who should be scared the most right now is the Australians. Because the Australians, 
Oh yeah, they gave up all their their personal firearms. They got a very small army. Uh, you know, their 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 navy is probably a couple of you know canoes, and that's about it. Um, you know, they've enjoyed the protection from the West and Europe, thinking nobody will ever come and muck with them. And and here we are. You know, uh, there's a good possibility that one day the Chinese will come and gobble them up too. And guess what? They ain't got shit to fight back with. They ain't got. They're gonna get. They're gonna be speaking Chinese. They should be speaking Japanese, by the way. If it wasn't for the Battle of Midway, uh, they probably would be speaking Japanese today. And who saved their ass there? Yeah, the Americans did. Um, who kept? Who actually saved the Chinese from the Japanese? Oh, the Americans did. Okay, because the Japanese were kicking the Chinese ass. Okay, yeah. and, so and stories out of Nanking are nuts. Right, right. So here we are, man. We're we're looking at you know World War Three Ten X, man. You know, and everybody thinks, well, they're not shooting missiles or bullets yet. Well, guess what? You know, warfare, man, is evolving like everything else. We're already in World War Three, okay? The, right now, the preemptive strikes look something different. They're they're you know they're they're attacking the internet. Um, they're using you know they're using they're leveraging finances and, and and all this other crap. You know, they're 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 positioning themselves in the Middle East, Afghanistan. Um, they're they're going to get a good toehold. Yeah, they're going to get yeah, actually Africa, Cuba, Venezuela. Okay, these guys are everywhere. They're getting their toeholds now, and then once they got a good foothold, um, and if they have to, then they're going to start slinging lead and rockets, man. Um, and we're going to be strategically freaking outgunned, outnumbered, and outmaneuvered, man. This this is this is a thing that that people really don't ever want to pay attention to. Way more often than not, the problem with advancing uh, a, a military line is a logistical issue, right? Uh, okay, notoriously, you can read any war in world history, and you will find out that troops got ahead of their food. And that happens all the time. You know, one meal a day things are not even all that abnormal, even in modern day combat. The problem is when you get ahead of your bullets, Right, because that's it. You're done. There, you know, you're you're not taking another step forward if you can't load a weapon, if you can't get uh, air support, artillery support. Nothing. You have. Well, that's it. I guess we got a K bar. You're sitting your ass there and you're waiting until something catches up to you, so you can go back to fighting. And the thing that China is doing right now is setting up basically a global logistical supply network, which is going to make it real hard to outrun their bullets. If they have effectively an unlimited supply train to, at this point, sort of half the globe, their only real problem is if they can't produce enough bullets, period. That's the thing that will run them out of bullets. That's it. Everything else will be taken care of. Uh, and for those that you know are not familiar, uh, supply runs are dangerous runs because the enemy knows if I can run you out of food and water and bullets, you have to leave. And that's not going to be a concern for them, through uh, for China, through most of the world right now. So at this point, the big question is, can they turn their military into something that is useful enough to take advantage of all that and then just say, okay, everything's ours? And for a lot of years, their military has been kind of crap. Uh, but they seem to be turning down that road now. So what's left? Financial warfare? I guess that's our hope. But we're probably about to turn... A trillion dollars of uh, what are the rare earth minerals, minerals over to them right now uh, with Afghanistan and the only other place in the world effectively that rare earth minerals come from is China. Uh, they'll probably be doing okay financially if something doesn't change pretty drastically pretty soon. We are setting them up 
to just pay him over the world. And for some reason, that's okay. I, that I don't understand in the slightest. Yeah, scary times, man. But going back to Kabul, so, <clears throat> I, again, this is just my way of thinking, but you got 6,000 troops sitting there. And you speak of the logistics train, which you just mentioned there a minute ago. Um, those guys are sitting there with M4s, and now they're facing an army. Let's just say half the Taliban are there, 35,000. Let's just, or let's say 10,000, okay? There's still, you know what? It, to, you know, they're still outnumbered quite a bit. They're outgunned. And, and they got M4s, you know, small firearms, small weapons to defend themselves with. And we gave all the big guns to the bad guys that can overrun them. And same thing, you cut off their supply chain. You cut off their ability to, to bring in more weapons, more equipment. It's going to be like, you know... Uh, Fort Apache, you know, you ever watch the movie uh, Zulu um, with the, the Brits in that defensive perimeter just getting hit by waves and waves and waves of Zulu, man, with spears, you know? Um, I, I mean, this is what I'm imagining. It's like, we better yeah. hope to God we get them out of there because they could potentially slaughter 6,000 U.S. souls in uniform there, you know? And, uh, yeah. and we won't be able to do a damn thing about it, man. Not a no. damn thing about it. We have no political leverage. We have no economic leverage. We have no leverage. None. Zero. No, what, nothing. You know? And we're telling them, hey, if you want to be part of the, you know, world government, you know, um, you better play nice. Boys, they don't want to be part oh, of the world government. God. They just want to govern Afghanistan and have their way there. And they got China and Russia as their friends now. They're good. <laughs> Why do they need anybody else? Idiot, Saki. <laughs> uh, ISIS should figure out how they want to be perceived by the world. They did. They know. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't were, give a damn about you. They were cutting heads off. That's how they want you to know them. We will cut your head off, okay, if you can muck around with us. I mean, that's how they. That's what they care about. See, the problem is the West keeps thinking that they, the East thinks like us, and they don't. I mean, they don't. Culturally, it's different, man. And that's what, and, you know, whether she's, you know, maybe she's just that stupid. Not only is she that stupid, but the whole administration's that stupid, or they're just or they're just trying or to lie to people. That stupid. Yeah, exactly. They're exactly, exactly, man. Um, I don't think this is going to work. Going to, it's not going to work out well. We're not going to get everybody out of there. And for a long time, we're going to hear stories of Americans killed over there. Um, we're going to hear about all the atrocities. You know, we're going to hear about nine, you know, nine-year-old girls getting raped, married off to some freaking fifty-year-old pervert. You know, um, you know, we're going to hear some ugly, ugly stories, mass murder, executions, um, and they're not beyond that, man. This is okay. That's okay with them, man. They do it all the time. And uh, and we're going to go, oh, my God, that's so cruel and that's so horrible. Yeah, well, guess what? You know, we got blood on our hands for that shit. You know, we enabled it, man, hands down. Well, I keep saying we. It's not we. <laughs> it's them. Those guys. You know, they did it, not us. We, You know, I'm, I'm trying to get people out. I'm still, I'm, I'm so frustrated because I've been trying to get guys out, and I just can't get them out. I got word that maybe one guy in his family might be getting bust to Pakistan, but I'm like thinking, oh, how the fuck are they going to get across the border? Because the border is controlled by the Taliban. There's only certain places you can cross over in Pakistan. I've been there. Okay, we got to go up to some really steep, high mountains um, and through a checkpoint to get across. And I don't see how that's going to work either, man. Um, these people are doomed, man. They are doomed. And everybody, and I keep, and Biden keeps saying, well, you know, 
you know, how else do we help? It's going to be bad no matter what. There was no other way. The hell there was no other way. You keep the military, you keep everybody there, you get everybody evacuated first. It's a civilian, okay? Um, and then you pull the military out last. They slowly withdraw. You don't withdraw the military from Bagram Air Force Base. You, you pull all them out, you know, and leave all this gear and weapons and money behind. And go, okay, now we're going to bring out, you know, the stragglers, the Americans and, 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 and the Afghans. What the? Dude. Dude, man, a, a three-year-old can come up with a better strategy than that. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I've been seriously. advocating for a drunken PFC to replace whoever's making these plans for a while. Because uh... well, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier, right? And so we got these generals up there. Um, first of all, let me say this. Um, this is, and I've told Tom about this before. Fucking everybody thinks a general is a fucking leader. Sorry. Um, I know, I know, I know some good generals, and they're my friends. Okay, but here's the real story about a general. A general is an executive manager. He's not a fucking leader. Okay, who's the leader? The non-commissioned officers. All right, your sergeants, your sergeants majors. Those are your fucking real leaders, man. You know what? And they're just as fucking smart as any goddamn general. All right. Um, so I think it's time to get rid of these assholes, these these fucking O's. And start putting fucking NCOs in there, enlisted guys in these fucking positions. What what common sense has to take over? Because these guys are playing politics. Okay, it's always a no. The CR CRTs, you know, the CRTs more important right now. Political correctness, rather than focusing on war fighting, they're working. They're focusing on, you know, political correctness and bullshit that has no relevance to war fighting whatsoever. And you know, and it's just disgusting, man. It's time to start flipping the script and go. You know what? out with all the professional politicians, out with all the political generals, and start replacing them with, you know what, common people, man. Let fucking, yeah. let middle America fucking run the show. They know what's best for America. Biden has no clue what middle America's about. So I saw a thing the other day, and I, it, it, is, it is strangely more crushing on this front than I uh uh, probably would have expected. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah, Don you know. and Dale, I got like five more minutes. You guys can keep talking, yeah, okay. actually. No, I, I got to go too, man. All right. Um, the, the sergeant major of the army, uh, basically as the, the shit happened in Kabul, was like, well, diversity is the most important thing we can be doing. The question is how many other people in, in the room look like you? And I was like, look, you motherfucker. <laughs> sergeant major of the army, your job... And and far be it from me, I, I was not a sergeant major. But your job is to be the guy that goes, hey, uh, maybe we focus on this thing that the military does, which, in case anyone has forgotten, is killing the enemies of the United States. That's it. That's what we do. We're not a political force. This is this is not the Boy Scouts of America that is now taken over by a bunch of douchebags. We we quite literally have one job. You're the enemy of the United States, and you are going to cause some sort of violent-related problem. Uh, we kill you. That's what we do. And anything that's not that is somebody else's jobs. We're not ambassadors. We are not negotiators. We are the people that you send when someone needs to die. That's it. But no, no. Now we have the guy who is supposed to be the one saying that, going, well, but... How, how about if we check and make sure there's there's enough people of color and LGBTQAAIP in the room because it's important. No, don't care. Do not care. And don't give me any of this crap about, oh, the best person for the job. If they were the best person for the job, they already would have been there. 
They are, you don't need to help them out. You don't need to promote someone because women need to be in charge. Shut the fuck up. Find me the guy who is willing and able to get shot at and go, you, flank, because that's the guy we need. That's it. No more, no less. But can't do that anymore. It's horrifically bad. And the last place that it's supposed to come from pretty well just said, we're not doing it that's right the last bastion of fucking the last bastion of patriotism you know of fucking common sense has been corrupted they finally got in there and just corrupted it man yeah i mean Fuck. i mean if i if i get if i'm now permanently banned for telling people to take vitamins then you know what maybe we get what we fucking deserve well, i i do have some good news on this front for everybody still living in america if they declare martial law and send the military to come get us, uh, these are the people that are going to be coming for us. At least, <laughs> <laughs> At least that's true, yeah. Oh, yeah, all you got to do and, is just... And you know what? And I can tell you right now, many of us are not going to comply, not going to conform. And guess oh. what? You're going you're to see a fucking war on the streets. Yeah. That's the guys, what's going to happen. The guys I'd be see, afraid of... Right here. Yeah, the guys I'd be afraid of coming to get me, they're all going to go, we're not doing that shit. And let me take exactly. off the uniform, step the other side of the street. And guess what? Every uh, transgender, person of color, wheelchair-bound, disabled, brand-new Green Beret, probably, is going to be <laughs> the one running out there uh, screaming about how we're all mean because microaggressions, well, you get shot in the face. Enjoy. Good luck to you. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, these some of these people are living in fantasy land, man. Um, there's just a lot of people out here that are not going to comply. They're going to rebel. Okay, I used to say resist. That's why I always said resist, resist, resist. Um, and I was talking to David Webb last week, and he said, "You know what? It's not resist. It's rebel. People, American people, need to start rebelling. You can resist all you want, and they're just going to keep you know rolling over you." But it's when you push back, when you rebel and you push back, that's when they lose their momentum. And that's where you can switch that momentum, maybe in favor of your way or in a different direction. But uh, that's never going to happen as long as, you know, it's like, a, it's like tying a dog out on a chain, right? Every day you remove a link and the chain gets shorter and shorter. The dog doesn't know that. And then one day he's down to three links, he can't fucking move. But he's okay with that because you slowly remove the little link, little link, and he got used to a shorter chain, and he's laying away. He can't even fucking get up anymore. Um, and he's still, you know, and he has, he's not even aware that, damn, wait a minute, my chain used to be really long. Now it's only three feet, three, three links. That's what's happening in America. They're just taking one little link out at a time, you know, and shortening the chain and shortening the chain and shortening the chain. And now there's this bullshit talk about what? You know, martial law? That's a fucking chain, man. That's that's the end of the that's the, the last three links of the chain, you know. So uh, get off the chain. There was a thing <laughs> on my recruiter's door when I enlisted, and I, I can never find it, and I wish I could. Uh, but it was a poster, and it said, uh, "Americans can sleep soundly in their bed because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf." And we, I think, are very much about to run into a situation where that is not true, uh, at least not in the way that it has been. The military is not going, the direction we're headed, we keep going, is not going to be filled with rough men ready to stand uh, and do violence on their behalf. They're all going to get out, and they're going to be fighting in front of you. And 
Americans are going to get a very serious and very real lesson in what that looks like, which would I have it in another way if I could, but I, I don't think it's avoidable at this point. Yeah, Jesus. I agree. I agree. It's been it's been happening. We've been inching in this direction for years, for years. We've been inching in this direction, man. Not just not during the Trump era, but back before you know, Obama. I still remember. I remember. I got friends that have been buying property in remote areas. They've been stocking ammunition. They've been preparing for years, for years, for what they think is coming. Um, I think all of us have. All of us have. I'm not gonna lie. I prepared myself. Um, you know, in fact, right here, I got a, I got a board cider for my rifle, for my sniper rifle. You know, so I just, I just ordered it because I needed, I need to check my, 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 my arms and my sights. But um, people have been preparing for a very long time. They're not going to take your guns. It's never going to happen. They want to take your guns so you can be like Australia. It's not going to happen. Um, it's not going to happen. So. The only other choice is if they want to enslave us, they're going to have to. They're going to have to kill us, and we're just not going to go down. American, the American, you know, the American soul, man. We've always been that 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 kind of person, man. That we got grit, man. We got. We will fight, man. We will. We will face adversity at any price. You know, I mean, think about this, man. When people slam dunk America, right? I'm like, you know what? You get to enjoy cell phones, television, electricity, fucking air, you know, flight, space, fucking cars, all this shit you fucking enjoy today. Guess where it fucking came from? Where it originated? Right here in the United States of America. American ingenuity, man. You know, there's nothing like it anywhere on the planet. You know, and, and we're fighting. We are the most powerful military in the world that has been misused by the politicians and by the American people. But as a military, we're a fucking unstoppable fucking train, man. And if, if they cut us, if they turned us loose, we'd freaking demolish anything and everybody. Um, so for the rest of the world to think that we're just a bunch of pushovers and we're just, and even for our government to think we're a bunch of pushovers and we're just going to roll over and show our belly, um, you know, bad news, man. There is still 3% in this country that will take it to you, man, and take it to you hard, you know. That's who we are, man. That's 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 what. And it's not because, you know, I know that people go, oh, freaking, you know, fucking white guys are extremists. And I'm not an extremist. I'm a fucking, I'm an American, first of all. Um, you know, yeah, my, I'm you know, an extremist. My, I'm an American yeah. extremist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right, man. You know, um, I believe in freedom. I believe in fucking capitalism. I believe in the American way of life as it was. Not as it is today. Okay, I don't even recognize this shit no more. And um, I'm willing to fight for it. I'm willing to die for it, man. I'm not going to die. I'm going to make a lot of people die for it if it comes to that. But uh, I'm prepared to give my life if that's what it takes to win. And I never won a war me. by dying for his country. He made a that's won right. the war by making that other bastard making die for his country. country. That's right. For his. That's okay. right, General Patton. Man. I agree with that. And I'll, I'll freaking... I'll swing lead. You know what was pretty cool is not cool, but it's actually sad. But so I understand a Afghan special forces unit. I hope the guy wasn't my guys, but uh, literally fought until they ran out of ammunition. Yeah. Ran out of ammunition. He couldn't get any more ammunition and were fucking executed for that. But at least those guys had balls. They had resolve. They were committed to the cause and they did what had to be done. 
at the expense of, you know, running out of ammunition and dying. Um, you know, that's the kind of shit that, that, and we have men like that in this country. Well, we have women like that in this country, you know, and, um, I pray to God that this administration doesn't take us to that, push us to that level, man, to that edge, because it's not going to work out well. If they think that, well, first of all, you're not going to use F-15s, you're not going to use nuclear weapons. Um, and, and That's quick, my favorite. We're, we're yeah. going to nuke you if you come back, if you try and push back <laughs> against us. Really? Yeah, what what yeah. exactly are you going to nuke? New York City? Yeah. And who, yeah, who are your F-15s going to target? You know what? Because obviously Biden didn't learn the lesson in Afghanistan. The enemy blend in. They hit and run, right? It's not like, uh, you know, there's a whole wave of soldiers coming in one direction. We can take them all out. It doesn't work like that. He doesn't understand the, off the concept of guerrilla warfare. And that's exactly what they're going to get in this country. They will never win. They could never win that war. We didn't win it in Afghanistan. Nobody's ever won it, right? And so this guy, this guy has no business being commander-in-chief. He doesn't have the intellect for it. He spent 40-something years in politics as totally fucking clueless. Totally fucking clueless. You know, and now all of a sudden... It shows. It shows that he didn't do, he didn't learn a damn thing in, in, in government. Not, nothing. He's on the dole. He's networking. He's making money. He's doing private business for him and his freaking boys. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I, the voice thing just popped in my head, too. So he runs around telling everybody his son fought in Iraq and died. That's a fucking lie, man. Um, he fought in Iraq. He might have been in Iraq. But from what I understand, you didn't die in Iraq. He died years later, what, from cancer or some shit? Yeah. Okay? But he's telling everybody that his kid died. He's giving the impression that his kid died in combat, you know? And somehow, you know, he's got skin in this game. Dude, really? Stop fucking lying, man. You know? Fucking, a lot of people's kids have gone to Iraq. Just because, it, it, you know, and if they died later, it wasn't because they died of Iraq in Iraq. So don't couch it that way. But that guy, he knows how to freaking play on words, too, man. And I, and, I actually, and I actually bought into it for years. I actually thought, oh, yeah, his son died in combat in Iraq. And then I really, like, found out not too long ago. I was like, wait a minute, he didn't die in combat? No, he died from, like, cancer years later. I was just a civilian. Like, what? My, <laughs> my wife has more buy-in to this than him, specifically for one idiotic person existing. Um, when I was deployed, for those who don't know, there's a thing called a family readiness officer, and their job is to say, hey, uh, you know, the... The, the, the guys have some problem it's being taken care of uh, you guys heard this rumor that's that rumor's not true right whatever whatever it is basically calm the wives down at home right so that they're not all panicking for no reason it's it's a liaison between the military and military families and mine in her infinite fucking wisdom uh, somebody, well, actually my Sergeant Major stepped on an IED, got his legs blown off, um, right about the same time that a guy jumped out of an MRAB after, uh, the convoy got hit, stepped on a five, uh, like a 10 pound IED and died. Right. So all that happened in, a, in, there's a few other little things that happened along the same lines. Uh, and all this happened in the span of like five days. And so apparently at the end of the week, this broad sends out an email to every single wife and says, uh, hey, so, uh, you know, a Marine died and another one lost his legs. And it doesn't tell anybody anything. No chaplains have been dispatched. Nobody has, has knocked on doors and said, hey, your, you know, your, your Marine has died. Uh, none of that has happened. And so every single person in the battalion, you know, you occasionally you get some, uh, you know, time to call home or something. And so somewhere in this time period, somebody calls home 
and comes back and goes, all right, everybody, I don't care what it is you normally to be doing. Go call your wife and tell her you're alive. What are you talking about, dude? Uh, apparently, the family readiness officer, somebody decided that we're, they were just going to say some random Marine in the battalion died, and now every single wife is losing their fucking mind. And that is closer to my loved one died in combat than Biden and his kid. That's right. Fair enough. That's right. Hey, I got to wrap this one up. I got to. I'm all, all right, I'm, I'm late for the next one. And, uh, well, I guess now that I'm perma banned from YouTube, I guess on Don streaming this, so he's on YouTube. So my closing <laughs> remarks are that the 2020 election was stolen by a lab-made COVID bioweapon. So mother fuck you, Susan. <laughs> Eat a dick. Peace. I'm out. Recording All right, Fuck YouTube. Fuck you, Susan. <laughs>